Hello and welcome to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. I'm your host Pete Brooker and today on the show I am talking to the co-founder of Hypernatural, Chris Colby and a little bit about Hypernatural. They pioneer the future of high quality eco-luxury products made with innovative materials of nature, renewable and biodegradable sources. Hypernatural has always been inspired by the genius of nature and combining natural solutions with modern luxury and sustainability. They know the future of fashion and materials is not in polyester or petrochemicals, it is in nature. And here to talk more about Hypernatural is the co-founder, Chris Colby. Sure. So, uh, you know, Hypernatural is this new brand that is actually launching in about two weeks. So we're, we're brand new, uh, but it's, it's really... Uh, what we think is the future of apparel, which is this is eco-luxury. And we've really kind of created uh, a proprietary uh, fabric that's become a brand. And it really is, combines natural solutions with modern luxury and sustainability. And uh, that combination, we feel, is uh, where the world needs to go. And uh, we, we've been able to, over, over a number of years, develop this, this special fabric that we think really shows the, the genius of nature. Great. I'm I'm very eager to drill down on the fabric, but so this is launching on March the third as we speak, and people can check it out on the website hypernaturalstyle.com. But perhaps you can talk about. I know you self-funded this with your co-founder. Um, why was it that you decided to not seek outside investment for this brand? Well, you know, uh, I've been in the industry for over 30 some years and been in retail, been in product, worked for big brands like Ralph Lauren and, and Urban Outfitters, but I've also started brands like Original Penguin. And so just been in the industry for a long time and, and sort of really wanted to do something for myself. And in some ways, you know, things that I know our industry really needs. And so it's a little bit of my form of repentance, I guess, of coming back with a really uh, a sustainable product that can, can really change our industry, maybe inspire industry. Uh, and I really wanted to self-fund it mainly because this allows us to have control to do it the right way. And so, you know, just having the experience of done this for other big companies is, you know, the pitfalls of having too many people involved too soon, uh, we're trying to avoid. Right. And I guess this gives you and your co-founder autonomy over the brand. Have you seen it go wrong somewhere else? I mean, I don't want you to name and shame, but other companies and other brands that you might have looked at where they've had investment to start out with and it just hasn't panned out well for them. Yeah. Well, I think the, you know, the more money uh, you have behind you, the more pressure there is to grow and, and to grow maybe unsustainably. Uh, and so what we really want to do is, is kind of set the business up and the brand to grow uh, naturally in, in terms of what it can be. And then as we see opportunity, potentially bring more partners in. But really, you know, with the right expectations. Right. And whilst you were working for other companies, did you always have it in mind to start something else? Did you always have like a little thought bubble that, oh, I could do this over here and I can do it slightly differently? Yeah, I spent 30 years more or less doing that, just starting <laughs> businesses and being, and, and being constantly distracted. <laughs> well, well, I, I'm kind of, a, I've always had a lot of ideas, a lot of visions, and, and I've had other bigger companies to bring it to life with and, and, and for their benefit. But I've always felt I could do it for myself. And so I just kind of waited for the right moment. And this became it uh, in, in terms of starting something I really feel the industry and the world really needs right now. 
And I'm just able to use all my experience from the past and my network to really, you know, do something I think that can have a lot of impact. Right. And what would you say it is specifically from any of your other jobs that you managed to go, right, I can take that and plug it in to hypernatural? Well, you know, what I've learned is it's really easy to try to do too much. And so the, the biggest thing experience has taught me in the past is really how to simplify and really get down to the essence of what matters most. And I think that's the nature of the, our industry started to reward more and more people with a really strong point of view. Uh, they have an innovative product. They do you know one thing incredibly well uh, versus trying to do everything. And, and I think I've, you know, I've worked for a lot of places and, and been guilty of myself of just trying to do too much. And so, you know, I, you know, years ago, I read uh, Yvonne Sherard's book, Let My People Go Surfing. And one of my favorite quotes from Yvonne was, the more you know, the less you need. And, and I really do think that applies a lot to our industry. And so, you know, with Hypernatural, we're taking the approach of, you know, let's just have, let's be less wasteful in our approach. Like, let's just make the things that we think matter, not a whole bunch of other filler type of product. Let's have more quality and maybe less quantity, right? And, and let's, you know, let's tell stories that make people inspired to want to go further and do more with what we're doing versus try to, uh, you know, trick people into buying things that maybe they don't need, right? And mm -hmm. so I think this is, this, these are the things that I hope, you know, we, you know, experiences taught me that we can bring into a new brand day one in some ways that we've just learned from all these other great brands over the last, you know, three or four decades. Interesting. I was actually just scribbling the title of that book, like Scaramanga would do getting a wine recommendation <laughs> from Bond. Let the people go surfing. I must add that to my audible list. <laughs> Thanks it's a, a classic. Lot. Yeah. I'll, I'll check that out for sure. Well, I'm, I mean, I agree. I looked at the, the press pack that you guys sent over and I often see brands that start off launching with a whole load of products because they perhaps don't know how to rein it in or they just want to overreach and tick all the boxes straight away rather than get one thing right and then build from there. And I'm always on, on your side of the fence, Chris, with this in terms of if you can get one thing right and then learn how to expand on that rather than just throw spaghetti at the wall hope something lands and then just go back and and latch on to that because it just feels like there's a lot of waste that's sliding down the kitchen tiles outside of that yes <laughs> but um maybe you can talk about the the fabric i'm keen to get into that so this took about two years worth of research and development so talk about the uh that journey please sure so you know what well, we really started out during covid having a little bit of time to, to sort of think about you know if we were to make the best of something, what would that be? And, and, and we, we did a little bit of research, my partner and I, and, you know, we, we kind of come from the world of Ralph Lauren and J. Crew, and we worked, you know, we started this brand original Penguin about 20 years ago. And so we knew a lot about polo shirts and we knew a lot of that, you know, everybody wears them. Did They're you just, start original you know, Penguin? Sorry to run over you, Chris. Did you, did you start that? I did. No, that I mean that is one of again. Sorry to find <laughs> the light on your competitor. But I love that brand. I got loads of the polos. So, sorry, Carol. No, yeah. So you know, just we knew. You know, my my partner and I, we just we just know polos, and and mm. but we also, you know, you know, because everybody owns them, they're kind of ubiquitous. 
And there, and there's this kind of thing that people almost don't really put a lot of effort into, but it's like a four and a half billion dollar business globally, just polo shirts. And they've been wearing them, you know, forever. If you think about like the, the history of, of the shirt. And so we just thought like, if we made a really the best one, what would we do? And, and we kind of came down to, it would be about the materials and, and really coming up with this material, but it would have to be sustainable. And, and we, the more we dug into it, we got really obsessed with, the potential of nature and what nature can actually do to create performance in materials. And, and we started this journey and it took a while, but we realized there's stuff we could do uh, that would touch your skin. It would actually feel a certain way or it have like a potential wellness benefit for you. And it led us down this path of, okay, to make something really commercially viable, but also sustainable and awesome. Uh, we'd have to really, put some things together that don't exist today. Uh, and then we landed on, you know, let's just take the best cotton in the world, which was it, is Sapima cotton, it's the top 1% of cotton in the world. And let's blend it with regenerative materials or waste materials to try to create something that, you know, let's call it a cocktail that doesn't exist. And, uh, and so we, we ended up coming down to, uh, we, we took jade stone from mining waste in Taiwan and we combine that with uh, chitinin, which is crab shells pulverized down into a powder. And we put it into this brew and we created a yarn that actually has these proprietary benefits of cooling your skin, which is the jade stone, naturally. And the chitinin is anti-odor. And so you can really get this like cooling anti-odor effect from what is effectively mining waste and food waste. Uh, and so we combine that yarn with Sapima cotton, which is super soft and luxurious and strong. And we uh, added in 100% recycled spandex. And we got this like super knit that, that has this really cool touch, naturally performing thing. And it, best of all, has no polyester, has no petrochemicals, which is mostly what performance is today. It's mostly synthetic materials coated in chemicals. Uh, or it's just a regular cotton shirt that doesn't really do anything. And so we've kind of created this in between with Hypernatural that it brings natural performance and luxury together into one, uh, one fabrication. How do you know to go about finding jade stone and the shells of the crabs? How do you know that this fusion is going to come anywhere close to what it is that you want to get out at the end? Well, in our journey, we, we realized that there's a lot of, there's kind of almost a bio uh, materials revolution going on right now. And a lot of it's in laboratories and things that you just don't see. But there's a lot of really interesting work going on that, that are putting things together that are more sustainable, but natural, or more sustainable without using synthetic uh, chemicals and materials. And ultimately, it's about having something that is more natural, more biodegradable. But also, you know, it's better. You know, it, it can be a better product. And most people don't think of sustainable products as being better or awesome. Mm. And we wanted yeah. to kind of flip that on the head is that we actually made it better through nature. And so mm. we really, we, we think about it as nature can do a lot of amazing things if you work with it. And I think that's kind of the ethos for Hypernatural. It's the only thing we do. And it led to this fabric development that really just gives people what they want, keeps them cool. You don't have any odor. It's super soft and comfortable and luxurious. 
uh, but it also happens to be sustainable. And do you have to patent that fabric, or can you patent that? Uh, we have we have proprietary rights to it. Uh, no one else can do it at the moment, technically. And part of one of our partners is the is the mill that has actually helped us develop the fiber. So we're kind of we're locked in, in, in on, on that level. But uh, yeah, we can patent it, but it will take it'll takes just takes time. It's, it's right. one of those. It's like a couple three year process. And a, a process that basically is a lot of red tape and lawyers, I imagine. There's nothing sexy about that process. Well, the more important thing is getting into the market and developing it into something that is commercially viable that people right. want, and that will allow us to, you know, to to really, you know, brand it and, and build it into other things. We have a number of other things we're looking to do uh, along these lines of, of of just taking natural. Uh, materials and creating yarns that don't exist today and they and they can do potentially some very interesting things well for people that might be watching us on the youtube channel i'm just bringing up a couple of slides to give some context to what chris is talking about here some of the polos chris can i ask we talked about the fabric did you do anything different for the cut of the polos um with regards to these designs um our, our general approach is in the spirit of simplicity is we created four styles. Two of them are a classic fit and two of them are a slim fit. We have two mm. fabrics, uh, one PK, one Jersey mm. and one fabric story. So the fabric story is the same for everything we make. And so it kind of comes down to, we can fit a lot of people on different size and fit preference, even style preference. So that we can fit a, you know, a, a wide range of people all with the same, you know, natural performance fabric story and and that's where it's it's an inclusive brand um but at the same time uh if you really look at our shirts we put a lot of detail into them that you wouldn't normally expect uh in a publisher so if you were to flip it inside out you'd see there's a glass cleaning pocket on the inside you'd also notice oh, that there's, nice. there's, no there's no labels there's no tags at all in the garment um, the trims we use are all natural. So there's no plastic whatsoever used on the product. The buttons are mother of pearl, uh, which, you know, also natural. Uh, the packaging's all natural. There's or recyclable materials. So we, a lot of the devil's in the details. And, and so we kind of we tell people that the polo shirts are Trojan horse. You just, you're getting a lot more than you might expect. So, Chris. You say you can, there's a pocket on the inside and you can wipe the glass. Now, can I, I'm imagining my girlfriend's lipstick on my coffee mugs that are yes. just ubiquitous in my house. Is, is it that? Can I use that? Or is it just not going to be uh, too hot? <laughs> is it going to yeah. be too overkill for that? Yeah, it's, you, you, you were just, there's a little triangle when you flip up the, the front hem and uh -huh. inside there, you just slip your glass in there and just, just give it a quick clean. So just a, you know, a little thing that you might discover after you've bought it. Love it. Um, there's a little QR code in there that, you know, we'll use to explain, let you know a little more online. But, you know, these are just, you know, they're just little details just to let you know that we put a lot of thought and, and care into the into into this garment beyond uh, the sustainable fabric. I love that. I used to run an independent fashion shop just outside of Cambridgeshire, and I'd always plug this brand. I'm going back about 20 years, so forgive me that the name of the brands escaped me. But what I really loved about their particular T-shirts was that you could tell the consumer or the customers, you'd flip up the hem and there would be the story of the brand. Like on the inside, it would just be yeah. mapped out and it would just be so cool. I imagine it must have 
cost them an unnecessary penny to get <laughs> to that that stage. But I, as soon as people saw that, they would actually buy it because they knew also it would be a personal uh, garment for them that nobody else had had. But when they're in the pubs, they could also lift up the shirt and if they got a six pack or a cool tattoo, it'd be like, oh yeah, oh, I have a tattoo as well. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> yeah, now, now it's a QR code. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now it's just get your phone and scan me. I love it. Great. Um, well, I'm also talking about uh, like the narrative of the brand. Do you have to go down to the retailers? I know you're going to be in Nordstrom and, and uh, Fred Seagal amongst a few others. Do you have to go down and kind of school the the uh, the reps down there on how to sell Hypernatural and what the, the, the fabric is all about? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Because I think, you know, we want everybody to understand, like, what what's really different about it. And, and so beyond the sustainability that there's a lot of benefits in there for the customer. There's a lot of things to be excited about. Most, most men want to stay cool and they don't want to smell, right? Everybody can generally agree. Those are good things. And so how do you get the people to experience the product? How do you get people to talk about the story of like, you know, what Jade Stone and Crab Shells can do uh, for you? And then the fact that half this garment comes from effectively waste that's been regenerated into a luxury product. That story is, you know, has to be passed often from person to person. And so we're just trying to get people to be able to share that story uh, in the context of the product, often in a store. Um, we also, you know, we tell people like they'll ask like, well, what's with the, what's with the bird, you know, on the, on the shirt, like, you know, uh, and it's, you know, the whole, the whole idea is that, you know, the magpie is kind of, it's not a logo. We kind of consider a totem and it's like our spirit animal and, and, and magpies, uh, as you might know, are one of the most intelligent creatures in the natural world. Uh, they, they, you know, a flock of magpies is called a mischief. Uh, there's, oh, there's this really right. inter- interesting, uh, you know, it, totem of nature that really is the genius of nature. And, and so we, we kind of, we want to bring more attention to that idea of, of the, gen- the genius of nature and working with nature. And so we chose the magpie for that reason. But it's also a little bit of a disruptive bird. It, it likes to cause a little trouble. And so we kind of see ourselves in the fashion industry doing that as well, because the industry does need to wake up and it does need to get motivated. And ultimately we want people to buy sustainable products because they're awesome and innovative, not just because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Magpies can come in through the window and nick off with your silver bracelet. If you're, if you're not <laughs> looking right. So, so do magpies dress up their nests to lure other prospective suitors is that how is that why they're doing it like picking up bits of tinfoil is that what they're doing yeah now they're, they're, they're notorious for doing a lot of things but they're but they're you know the cheeky cheeky birds they you know but they do these they do things like they have funerals for for their their, their deceased they do these things that are unexpectedly cool and i think that's you know where we're coming from is you know don't sleep on nature nature can do a lot more if you work with it yeah, I didn't know they did funerals. How does that work? Uh, you know, I don't know. You have to watch these documentaries. We're gonna, <laughs> we're yeah. gonna... uh, I'm not a bird expert, but I will tell you that, you know, you know, this whole brand started with just the awe of what is possible if we just mm. open our eyes. Love that. Well, I love the brand as well, and I encourage everybody to check it out. It's Hypernatural Style. That's the website. Chris, are you behind the Instagram channel and the social channels? If people drop you a note, will you be behind that? 
Absolutely. Yeah. We, there's just a few of us here. So if you reach out to us, you'll probably get one of us. Great. Awesome. And we'll leave all the show notes over at menswear style uk. but chris in the meantime really enjoy talking to you thanks for jumping on and best of luck with the brand appreciate the time peter great i meant to say jade stone and the crab shells sounds like a, a great artist that phil Spector would have produced back in the 60s <laughs> yeah yeah it's got a little decker records sure yeah yeah like it's like some like butch's brew right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've been listening to the Menswear Style Podcast. Be sure to head over to menswearstyle.co.uk for more menswear content and email info at menswearstyle.co.uk if you'd like to be a future guest on the show. Finally, please help support the show by leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time.